Western Kabuki. Western Kabuki. Let's. I didn't write any notes, so I'm a failure. Um, <laughs> All right. Okay, so. So Caleb, let's let's have a let's have a production meeting real quick. Um, yeah. Are any of these uh, any of these um, <laughs> segment ideas? I threw like fifty in there. Okay. So I gotta ask you about that. I wanted to do this prior to because we're recording now. Fuck, fuck it. But I wanted oh, to do shit. this prior to us recording, <laughs> and we can cut it. It's fine. Uh, okay. I don't understand like ninety percent of. Right. Se- so segment just, ideas. They're There's basically no context. just names for segments without any context. Yeah. I mean, I'm so, down for all of them. So, so, yes. Uh, I think Western Kabuki, which is going to be the name of the show. Welcome to Western Kabuki. I am Black Nicholson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Western Kabuki was one of them. Uh, yeah. Um, do I have... I have it in the same little notebook here. Uh, segment ideas. Here we go. Yeah, so uh, more talent than he knows what to do with. Goth King, uh, facial flair. These are just like words that I put into the doc that we share in order to. Uh, I know. You, you, you're like, oh, I have like 30 segment ideas. And I look and I'm like, uh, they're literally just jazz acting. Yes. Commitment, wig. Let's fucking go. <laughs> okay so some of these had like ideas behind them so like the wig one wig acting that was like because he wears a lot of wigs he basically yeah. and, and 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 in that in that uh that video that sort of launched our our, our, our ideas around this uh he mentioned that like uh, nick cage has like a wig designer who helps him like uh get into character <laughs> um but yeah, I did want to. So one of the ones was a year in Nick. Um, so I, I assume that you have. Some, well, I know for a fact that you have some uh, knowledge around what was going on in his life at the time. So that was why yeah. I thought. Um, yeah. So we, we. This is a podcast about uh, Nicholas Cage, the uh, national treasure himself, who um, we are going to examine and and. Uh, uh, discuss various films uh today we are uh, talking about um unbearable weight of massive talent his newest film with our esteemed guest uh juniper goblin mode from twitter <laughs> hello yeah can we talk about uh <laughs> let's talk, talk about, about goblin mode let's talk about, goblin, <laughs> let's talk about juniper before we get into the, sure. the live reaction stuff i was like i we kept the stuff kept coming up and i was like i gotta know what's going on behind this so <laughs> <laughs> for sure yeah what's up well <laughs> i guess let's start with <laughs> goblin mode uh how just to just give us the the tldr on goblin mode how actually yeah as so if, as if everybody isn't as psychotically online as the three of us are um yeah just in case no one no one knows i guess so i guess i guess this was back in like february now um there was like the whole you know like the whole uh kanye west uh what's her name now uh julia fox uh mm-hmm. breakup that if you i don't know how other social media platforms were but on twitter at least in our sphere everyone was kind of posting about it and like kind of riffing on it actually i think pretty much everyone on twitter was um so i was just like driving home one day uh like when that was all going going on and i was like at least for me whenever there's like site-wide discourse you know i want to like get at least one post in on it just to see what i can what i can do i feel like everyone kind of tries to get in on the discourse to uh, you know just get a get a good taken so 
That's so Twitter, yeah. Twitter.com was founded in 2006. And ever since then, we've tried <laughs> to get in on the discourse. Yeah, that's, that's where the discourse happens. So as I was driving home, I remembered there was, there was like two specific posts I saw. There was a, a screenshot of a Reddit post that was like talking about um, this person's partner going goblin mode during sex. And uh, it's basically just describing this weird, I don't know, just like this weird stuff that this person yeah. did during sex. And then there was, a, I, I always forget his at, but you guys might know him by, I think it's, it's I think it's at like Reller, Reller I, I can never remember. I'll have to look it up. But his, his, he goes by no controller, I think. His oh, like handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you, guys, uh, yeah you guys know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's super cool. Uh, long time, uh, long time mutual. Uh, you keep going. I'll find his at. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can never remember. Um, but he, he made a post using goblin mode. It was like, um, uh, sorry, your honor, I was going goblin mode at the time or whatever. So yeah. I, I don't know why, but while I was driving home, just I was like, silly oh, you know. Yeah, just like a little goblin. Goblins were being memed, I guess, at the time. Um, so I just was like, oh, I don't know. When I get home, I'll Photoshop or I'll, I'll, I'll just change this headline a little bit and post it. And then it kind of blew up and everyone thought this, this headline that Kanye West broke up with Julia Fox. Um, because she she went in goblin mode and he didn't like that is that's basically the gist of it and it, it kind of just blew up into like a whole meme and i don't know if you guys saw this recently but like literally two weeks ago um jimmy fallon on his his late night show said goblin mode oh, <laughs> like it's it's become like a piece of the culture yeah uh it's, it's really jimmy strange talking about it it's like dead. <laughs> yeah yeah that's dead. how i felt that's <laughs> that's how i felt but uh, yeah, that's that's basically the gist of it. Just like this little phrase that I attached to like a fake news headline that yeah. somehow re- like just out of nowhere for no reason really at which all would eventually became, like, a lead to being thing. called a terrorist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a muscatastic terrorist muscatastic. to some. I can't Google that word, muscatastic uh, terrorist. What is? So that? I've been using I've been using that word a lot because uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been using that word a lot. So <laughs> stochastic terrorism <laughs> is when somebody um, when somebody uh, 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 doesn't. Uh, here's a good example: um, the guy who tried to bomb a bunch of politicians, the MAGA bomber, and he had like an Alex Jones like Infowars van with like lock corrupt stickers and stuff all over it. Oh like, yeah, I remember that. So Alex Jones didn't tell that guy to bomb Democratic politicians, but. Because he did it and was a fan of people like Ben Shapiro, Alex Jones, those sort of yeah. people, they were like, this is like stochastic terror, where like what those guys did did not result in uh, uh, the attacks, but his suggestions were enough to make those attacks happen. So people are basically saying, Juniper, that because he brought <laughs> goblin mode to the masses, anyone who goes goblin mode thereafter is your responsibility and can be laid at your door. Well, that wasn't even for goblin mode. That was the fucking <laughs> sneakers dig vein thing. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was more for right. the, the um, other. My audio cut out literally when I said I'm going to look up his at and then cut back in when you said, and that's basically the story. So, yeah. um. But yeah, his uh, his at is at rel or no con r e l l o r t 
n-o-c-o-n he's a good guy that's it yeah super cool guy super cool guy um but yeah basically yeah yeah i i I think that the implication with that scotastic tweet in particular was that like because i do fake news it's i I think they were they were trying to say that like i'm no different from like right-wingers that will make up like fake headlines saying things like oh this trans person did like this grooming thing or whatever yeah. you know like the or typical the, like you're Lugan yeah yeah, yeah. Uvalde shooter saying the Uvalde shooter was a trans woman and then immediately somebody <laughs> yes. beats up a trans woman in like Milwaukee and it's like that's mm-hmm. the classic terrorist the Snickers exactly yeah I thought that was a really funny comparison to be like yeah this this is basically <laughs> what the right wingers are doing inspiring like hate crimes is well, posting on Twitter funny and jokes I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say this right off the, right off the damn rip Episode one, Wagner is, <laughs> is defending doing bad things for good reasons online. Because uh, I do them all the time. Uh, like, just like bad faith arguments, baiting people into saying things they don't mean. That's all good if you're doing it for a good reason. It's bad if you're doing it for a bad reason. And that's that's really all there is. You can do bad things for a good reason, and you're a good person. I agree. I like to think that as well, because otherwise I would be a bad person, and I don't right. want to think myself as a bad person. So I'm choosing to believe that as well. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's I guess the the whole story about like uh, there, there's of course more discourse around the whole. Like I, I was telling you, I mean, there's like the, uh, hundreds of posts more to this uh, by just various people, which is fucking insane. Oh God, the most yeah, insane no, thing was, I've ever heard. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you guys saw that whole that whole discourse that was going on around surrounding me. That was it was going on for like two or three days. But I'm sure. I mean, some of it's inescapable. But the scotastic terrorism one was in particular just really yeah. funny. And then yeah, I don't know if yeah. you, did you guys see the the whole thread? It was like 50 tweets long. About yes, I me. did. I actually yeah. um, I did <laughs> no, get involved I, a little bit in the disc. I I did instead of like quote tweeting, I just like I screen capped and then blocked out <laughs> that person's name because I'm like, okay, like I'm not trying to get make this any worse and i'm not trying to drag anybody <laughs> through it but this is the most fucking stupid thing i've ever seen so i have you know i gotta get my, gotta get my licks in too right at, at, uh, at risk of making this uh this conversation even more inside baseball on twitter that was the day juniper that i dm'd you my own fake news to try to get you to juice it oh you know i i, I did i did see that but i was at i think you did that while i was at work or something so yeah, i just but i like, think it was like in the midst of that whole thing too and i was like you know what i'm actually not gonna bother her any further. <laughs> yeah I, I apologize for not juicing it no, i should no, have but you had, yeah yeah you're being accused of, of of terrorism you had a couple things I do like the idea of like us building this podcast out and like launching a Patreon <laughs> and everything, and then like six months like getting defunded because we had Juniper on. Who <laughs> it's possible. Who that knows? Anything very, that can would happen. be very funny and worth Somebody it. Somebody kills Nick Cage, and <laughs> <laughs> no, his, don't kill Nick Cage. That's not the his, his blood is laid at Juniper's door because of our podcast. The Snickers Dick Vane. <laughs> Snickers Dick Vane brought it to the, to that point. Some someone's like MK Ultra trigger word was like Snickers Dick Vane, and they shot Nick Cage because of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hope not. Um, so well, yes, that's a weird a, intro for a new podcast. podcast. Uh, Nicholas Coppola, who uh, Nicholas Kim Coppola, who performs under the name Nick Cage, um, 
and we are watching his movies. Today, we we have watched, and the three of us watched together, uh, much to all of our own pleasure, uh, the film Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent from, I believe, 2022, directed by Nick Gormican. Yeah. Um, Whose only so, credits previously were, I think, like network television. So this guy got a pretty uh, substantial, meaty chunk of cinema. Sweet ass deal. Oh, he did yeah. the, the ghost TV show with uh, <laughs> the guy from The Office and the guy from Parks and Rec. Never even heard of that. No fucking clue what you're talking about. But hey, you know what? Don't let your dreams become memes. That's the message I'm taking there. Um, so yeah, we just watched Unbearable Weight Massive Talent. Uh, to be fair to all of us, um, uh, we did have it on, but we basically talked over it. And, and you're more than welcome to subscribe to our premium feed. One must assume that's going to be on Patreon, but we haven't decided that yet. Uh, but that that early episode, I think we might unlock this one for free based on the quality of the, the content we put out for that. I mean, it was a fun conversation. I, I thought that was fun. I thought, I thought we had a pretty fun kind of, yeah, yeah that was, we talked about star Wars and Twitter and whatever. But <laughs> and, if you stuff. and if you don't give us our, your money to listen to that, you don't support teachers. Cause I am a public <laughs> school educator. Right. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. All I'm saying is I watched that movie six fucking times. Pay me, pay me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least it was a good movie. It I, I really enjoyed that movie. movie. I'll Fantastic. never watch it again probably, but it was very good. I probably won't watch it either, but I enjoyed it. I th- from what I did watch when we weren't talking and when I was trying to pay attention, it was actually really funny and pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. Very funny. Um, like very meta. And like, I guess what I would say is like, this is a difficult movie to be like our pilot episode, but it also kind of has to be this movie because it's like the movie is like, subtextually about Nick Cage and his career Mm -hmm. and like everything that he's gone through. So I don't think we could have really picked a better movie to start with. Um, Yeah. Cause we would have no place to start if we started with Valley girl, because it's like Valley girl made him a star and it's like, Oh, so later this guy's going to be a fucking maniac. Just so you know, if you haven't watched any Nick Cage movies, but in this one, we, we open with a maniac (laughs) (laughs) and he is down on his luck. (laughs) um yeah so the movie opens with him being a uh uh, 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 auditioning for a role that he doesn't get and he is upset about it um and he's also having issues with his uh ex-wife and daughter um yeah do you have any insight about like his uh personal life yeah now um, so he, you know, uh, by all accounts, like he loves his family and, um, is a, is a good, uh, parent. He's had a lot of divorces. He's had a lot of, you know, I guess toxic relationships and stuff. He doesn't actually have a daughter. He has uh, three, I think sons. Um, and so this is one of those things where like you kind of get a little bit of his personal life blended in with the story. And, um, I'm sure that there was discussions about how personally he wanted to make this or whatever. But yeah, so uh, the, you know, as, as the story goes, his, his family, he's having a hard time relating with because he's like in real life at this point with the stories based on his uh, career is kind of in shambles. He's a has been, so to speak. 
And um, I think obviously that would put a lot of pressure on a family life. And I think that's kind of what they were going for without trying to make it like too personal. Um, again, like he doesn't actually have a daughter. He has sons and, and um, you know. Yeah, so he's I didn't actually... yeah I, I didn't know how many kids he had. I just know the name of his oldest son, which uh, uh, goes along with Nick Cage's uh, uh, small handful of favorite things. Um, so Nick Cage loves, above all things, the macabre, yeah. Superman, yep. Elvis. Yep. <laughs> um, and a few other... Th- oh, Dinosaur Bones. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hell <laughs> these yeah. These are the things that he is uh, uh, passionate about. And his oldest son is named Kal-El. Kal-El Cage Coppola. Now, now, some of you may be like, damn, like, he's like that. Uh, if you don't know, Kal-El um was a was a baby uh in in a comic book series uh in 1938 and that and that baby uh was sent away from his dying homeworld um and he was adopted by um now the father's name has changed a few times but the mother's name is Martha Kent Sorry, I gotta, uh, I gotta hop in here. Is this Superman <laughs> shit? Are we talking Superman <laughs> shit? This is fucking. Kal-El, I knew it, you fucking nerd. God damn it. <laughs> Kal El is Superman's Kryptonian name, so he becomes, he gets adopted by the Kents, um, and <laughs> when he rediscovers his roots after he finds the bottle city of Kandor, he learns that he's uh, uh, his father was a. Uh, it, we don't gotta get into it, but the point is, <laughs> you were, you might as well finish. We're already in it. <laughs> nah, nah, you know the details get fuzzy at that point uh, up okay. to what i've said so far that is incontestable if i say anything else people will correct <laughs> <That's a problem. laughs> get, yeah we haven't the announced because uh, we don't have it set up yet we're going to have a mailbag and i'm sure i can't wait <laughs> i want you <laughs> to actually like just say uh slightly incorrect things about superman so we get people yelling at us that it's not even, it doesn't that's the fucking problem is that it doesn't have to be incorrect it could just be you didn't mention something else. Uh, I'll handle those people. Believe me, I'll, be, I'll, I'll handle the mailbag. <laughs> Is the uh, Superman community are, are they like vicious? Are they going to come for you if you if you forget details? Yeah, are, are have, you ever, have you ever used an app called Twitter? <laughs> I have. I have used that before, once or twice. Uh, yeah. So people get they really like bad faith criticism on there. Um, but Very yeah, true. Kal-El Cage Coppola is his oldest son who, I don't know, he looks he looks of age, he's hot, he looks good as hell <laughs> he actually he looks like Superman a little bit <laughs> that's lucky, that's uh, pretty lucky but as, as uh, uh, eagle-eyed viewers of the internet will know, Nick Cage was supposed to play Superman in the film Superman Lives, written by Kevin Smith and directed by Tim Burton. Yeah. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be in the same universe as Tim Burton's Batman movies that was never made, uh, but there are set photos of Nick Cage in a mullet so uh, on the set of Superman I knew Lives. that he was supposed to be Superman, and I knew that it didn't pan out. I must have just missed it in, in my research. What, what happened? How come he didn't end up being Superman? I think it was an issue between the studio and the producers and the director and Nick Cage's uh, schedule. I don't, I don't, I don't think there was any specific reason it didn't pan out. Um, but, um, you sent me that, that, that Rotten Tomatoes is wrong about podcasts. About Nicholas Cage. Yeah. 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 Great podcast. Yeah, it is. They're, they're very professional in no way would I plan on emulating. Uh, but the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the, 
thing about Superman Lives was that, like, I guess just like a confluence of factors sort of led to them not being able to do it. But I agree with what they said in that podcast, which was that if that movie had been made, it would have changed Superman movies, superhero movies forever. Like, you probably wouldn't have the Marvel Universe if Nick Cage had been Superman, because then Superman Returns doesn't get made. X-Men probably would have been substantially different. The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies probably. So we're, this is under the presupposition that Nick Cage would have, would it would have flopped so hard that these wouldn't have been made. I don't think it matters. I think if it had done well, maybe they would have done a world's finest thing where it's Nick Mm -hmm. Cage and Michael Keaton as Batman and Superman, both too old to be doing that. Even in the DC cinematic universe would be on top of the world right now. If, (laughs) (laughs) which I, I, I think that, and like I've even talked with my students and everything about this. I, I feel like the DC universe still looms very large in people's minds of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And I think there are even like people who are fans of Marvel movies that are like, why don't they do like the big superheroes yet? <laughs> like, I think there is like that sort of cultural memory of the DC heroes. But yeah, I think if Nick Cage had made that movie, if if that movie had come out, I think Marvel would never. They, Certainly, the Marvel Cinematic Universe would not have started their opening gambit <laughs> with Iron Man, which I I do explain to my students who, uh, if you were 50, if you're fifteen now, you were born in two thousand seven. So, yes, yes. Holy shit, I'm old. Jesus. So you were one year old when Iron Man came out. So trying to explain to my kids that, like, hey, look, we didn't give a shit about iron man nobody <laughs> gave a fucking shit about that movie. it took a while yeah yeah like iron man turned out to be good nobody was like damn i cannot wait for the new iron man movie. yeah that's that's so true i mean at the time i mean i was i was pretty young at that point that came out in what 2007 Eight. right is that what you, 2008 yeah, yeah, yeah i was i'm I gonna was give you a, a mild time. correction because technically the first uh, mcu movie was the hulk with edward the, norton just that's saying. right. No, no, Edward yeah. Norton came out later. The the first Did it? so yeah, so the Ooh. timeline is Spider-Man two thousand two, X-Men two thousand three, Hulk with Eric Banna two thousand four, that hmm. block, they Sony stopped making their movies. Disney buys Marvel, Disney does their first Marvel movie, not uh, 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 a Doctor Doom movie. Not a Captain America movie, not the heroes <laughs> that everybody knows. Start with Iron Man. And I, I think about it every time I see his fucking face because I think about it like, you know, it's such a big cultural thing. They got so fucking lucky, dude. They did. I, I mean, when I was a kid, when I saw that movie, I was like 13 or 14 or whatever when that came out. I mean, I. I, I thought that was a fantastic movie. I mean, even still to this day, if I rewatched it, I would still probably think it's pretty decent. But I mean, yeah, I, the, the culture was so much different at the time with uh, like superheroes. I mean, yeah. you, you didn't see people with like super like uh, superhero t shirts or like you, it, it was like no. more of a more no. of a it just I happened guess, like, to be good nerdy yeah. nerdy thing. Yeah, yeah. that, that kind of helped and, the palette. Marvel, a bit more. Marvel was like the hipster thing. Marvel was like, oh, <laughs> you like you like DC? Well, I'm more of like a, like Marvel was cool. Kid, like. And I, <laughs> I remember my brother who was like in middle school, he says to me, uh, they picked a no name actor to play Iron Man, which I think is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. And he shows me the picture and I was like, Oh cool. Yeah. He looks just like, he just, he looks just like Tony Stark. My brother was a huge Marvel guy. And I was a big <laughs> DC guy. And I was like, yeah, he looks like Tony Stark. And then my dad was like, 
that's Robert Downey Jr. And I was like, like the Charlie some Chaplin respect guy? On his name. Doesn't, it doesn't look anything <laughs> like Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, like, yeah, we were like, uh, it, it's hard to like contextualize that for children, but it is very funny to tell my students about it. And, and, and they're like making their own Marvel like uh, theories and they're like discussing them. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that people is interesting. To, Sorry, go on. Not I was just like, people used to not care about this. I don't know how to like, like, <laughs> I like, it's kind of ruined my fucking life because I do watch like the Mandalorian. I binge stranger things. I watch all these fucking things because my kids will be like, Oh my God. Like Endgame. Like when Endgame, I saw Endgame the Thursday night, like it comes, movies come out on thir Friday. I saw it the Thursday night midnight show because I knew there was no way. The next day I get to work, uh, <laughs> the kids are like, Iron Man dies. And I was like, I know. Cause I, saw it. <laughs> right, so it's like, movie, movie's not fucking out. <laughs> and like, the kids already know that Iron Man dies, and they're like, "Oh, oh my god!" It's part of your job description to watch these, yeah, these cultural to, movies, yeah, these, these Marvel movies. That's kind of insane. One but, more just terrible fact of what it means to be a teacher is that you have to watch the Marvel stuff. Teachers don't get enough respect <laughs> in this country. No, it's braver than I the truth. Like, I have to. I haven't missed a Marvel movie since I started teaching, because even if I care about it, like, tangentially, like, I really liked Spider-Man up until this newest one. I thought the Multiverse of Madness was a bad movie. I haven't, I that's had, the first Spider-Man movie, excuse me, the first Spider-Man movie I haven't seen yet. We can go ahead and spoil like it. it, it's fine. But hmm. I mean, I just thought it wasn't good. I mean, the spoiler is that all the Spider-Men are there. But, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, that's why I haven't seen it, because everyone's like, oh my god, look at them, all of them. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't partake, oh, like, my three that I like are the Thor movies, the Doctor Strange movies, and the Spider-Man movies. And then that Spider-Man one was bad, and I left the theater being like, I gotta stop with these. Like, none of these are good. I keep it was bad enough to where you, like, walked out on the MCU entirely, huh? Damn. Well, I was like, I'm not gonna see Multiverse of Madness, but that I, I at, even at that point, even in December, I was like, Sam Raimi's gonna get cut from the project, it's gonna get delayed by a year. But then when he stayed on it, I was like, all right, fine. And now I'm like with Thor, I'm like, all right, fine, I'll see it. But like, I'm never happy about it. It's like against my will that I'm seeing any of these movies. It's impossible to enjoy any of them. <laughs> Damn, dude. Sounds like you should just not go see them anymore. <laughs> I got to get I gotta get my head right around it. I think this is a me thing. I, th I think Nicolas Cage movies are a little bit better than marvel movies i'm, I'm gonna throw this out there because uh, i'll say this i actually for my part i've, I've probably seen uh 90 of the mcu stuff i have and oh my god some of it i enjoy some of it I, so i just go to the movies twice a week you know like i'm just that's just like my thing so fine like i've seen all of them like whatever uh even some of like the infamously bad nick cage films i think are better than <laughs> like most of what we would call like the mid MCU movies, like fuck Rotten Tomatoes. I don't care what the critics say. All the all the decade stuff is 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 better than even like the I don't know the Captain America movies. I'm sorry if this offends. They fucking sucked. I don't care. What's the the <laughs> glup shitto whatever stupid fucking crap that I have to watch of something? You know, it, none of them are none of them are good. There's like five good mcu movies i think the rest of them i think even like the bad nick cage movies are better than well that's the thing with like bad nick cage movies is even if they are bad they're 
they're the type of movie that's like so bad that it's good. Like you just can't help but not enjoy. There is absolutely his performances are usually pretty funny if they're not good in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and there's absolutely that element to a lot of his movies. And- like they really bring something, but it's also like <laughs> he he is never phoning it in. He is giving one thousand percent every and- time. My thought on this is like, okay, so even like when his movies fail, it's because he's trying something like interesting or unconventional. And that is something you're never going to see in an MCU movie where it's like, okay, this movie failed because like it was maybe an abstract concept or like he wasn't quite on the same page as the producer. So it was totally uneven or something like that. Right. Um, You know, that, that like, it's not focus grouped to sell toys and sometimes you make you swing swing hard you miss hard or whatever right so i don't know i'm sounding like a pompous asshole but what i'm trying to do is say to set this <laughs> up to say that all, all the movies that we're going to talk about in this podcast are uh they do they have merit even if they were critically panned yeah like marvel i think you're what you're trying to say is like marvel movies are very calculated as yeah, to where sure. like yeah Nick, Too big to Nick, fail. Was, yeah exactly there there are calculated to hit a certain niche or not a niche but like a like a certain uh what's the word for it like um well they're like they're as like, big as possible it tries to hit like every audience possible exactly yeah, so then, that's exactly yeah. what it is like if you're making a movie for everybody okay and that's fine i'm not even gonna fine. get into yeah. that like it's okay but the thing it is, is like you have to make a movie for somebody and when you do that you always risk alienating uh a certain subsect or subsects plural of audiences because you made a movie that had a backbone or was trying something and sometimes that just doesn't work out or sometimes it does work out and you just missed it. So you go back and watch it later. It's like, actually this is pretty good. Or at least the acting was good or the story was good, but whatever. Right. Like, you know, now Mm -hmm. we're in this age and I think that you're kind of seeing a reaction to it. And I think actually for whatever it's worth, this movie that we're talking about today specifically is kind of a reaction to uh, an era that's just been dominated by big blockbusters, not just MCU, but MCU and adjacent kinds of movies where we're starting to see maybe some of these uh, studios and, and actors and directors are, we're taking some chances again, because this is a very unlikely movie. This movie by all accounts should not have been made, right? Like this is an <laughs> insane movie to make. <laughs> it absolutely. You're, yeah. Sorry. You're talking about the, the, movie we just watched right yes the underworld yeah. Passed out. yes oh yeah, yeah. no that was it, it, like when you first told me about this movie i was like oh okay i wonder what this is gonna be about because i i haven't you heard about heard this of movie it, before. Right? <laughs> i haven't heard of it so when i, I looked it up i was like oh this is kind of like about his life or something like i yeah. i was like oh is this like a biopic is this is this like a do- not a documentary but i thought it was going to be more, more about his life um it is but we like, an, the, the almost like a parody of it or something through told through yeah. like five genre of, of film or something like that. So. Yeah. It was, it's absolutely bizarre. Like it's absolutely not what you think it's going to be, or at least it's not what I thought it was going to be at all. Sure. It was very bizarre at first, but it. And done yeah, by a no name director. Like we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah. This and I movie couldn't take, have happened. If you take this movie and this summer of movies, really starting with like March with a, multiverse of madness if you if you take this summer of movies and you look at unbearable weight of massive talent as a summer movie in comparison to the fantastic beast movie and 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 all these other things that are coming out it's like what is there to say about any of that shit and it's like 
there's like a million Marvel podcasts and there's a million, uh, 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 uh superhero movie podcast and all these things that like get super popular stranger things podcasts or whatever. And it's like, uh, what do you like? I honestly, I just assumed they're all paid by the production company until they can prove otherwise. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, they, they, they pull the plug if it's not good enough or whatever. Yeah. Look, I have, I have a never seen the original top gun film. I did not watch wow. top gun Maverick. And I was like, too many people are telling me it's good the top gun maverick like (laughs) it's people on twitter it's my wife's co-workers it's my co-workers it's uh uh uh, the people in my neighborhood like if i like a very like communal sort of neighborhood area and like people are talking about uh top gun maverick on my block so if 60 year old (laughs) black guys and 15 year old dominicans that i teach and the white people, the white middle-aged ladies that my wife works with all like this movie. I'm like, this can't be good. Like this can't be, <laughs> you can't all like this. That just can't <laughs> happen. <laughs> you want my honest opinion? Please. I fucking loved it. And listen, <laughs> this is that where this is a whole separate diet like the Top Gun thing. I shouldn't have liked this movie. I didn't like the original uh, the whole military industrial complex aspect, all that stuff. You just have to like go into a movie at a certain point and just be like, okay, I'm leaving all that shit, everything that sucks about my life, everything that's going on in the world. You leave that at the door and you grab some popcorn and maybe you take an edible or maybe you smuggle <laughs> a flask in, or maybe you're at the drive-in so you can drink in your car. I'm not saying I do that, but maybe you do those <laughs> things and you watch a movie and it's just good for you know, 88 minutes or whatever. And that's what this movie did. It was a little longer than that. But my point is you either have to like be able to let go and enjoy it. And if you can't, then you're not going to like it. But I think that right now everybody's just so desperate to like not think about everything that's going on. And God, yeah. Everything's just so bad right now. Yeah. Everything's everything's so awful. Maybe you just want to watch a, a nostalgic, just saccharine dog shit, but also in a good way movie about this. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I, I, I liked I it. To, I hate to besmirch your good taste. And again, I haven't seen this film, but uh, going, I like this movie we, in spite of my taste. Let me just get that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> going back to what we, we talked about for a large portion of this film. I'm going to call that my friend, the, uh, the tiger King effect. <laughs> <laughs> that, fair, fair. <laughs> that could be the tiger. You know? Yeah. My, I mean, I like, am a pretty optimistic guy in general. Like the last few months, I think that kind of like something like my back broke at some point. And now I'm like, yeah, yeah Top Gun's good. <laughs> you guys finally got me. Like you have to have something that you enjoy. The EPA getting gutted Roe v. Wade. I don't know something happened recently. And like, yeah, no Top Gun's it rocks. I'm good. <laughs> it's like the end of yeah. the movie pie i drilled my my fucking brain open <laughs> no it's, it fucking rules good no movie. that's actually that's a, that's an interesting uh comparison though because like i, I feel like right now feels kind of like how the beginning of the pandemic felt where it kind of felt like everything was the end of the world but yeah. then like every once in a while it was like oh animal crossing came out or like oh right. uh tiger king came out yeah, and right. was, like talking about the there was like something that everyone enjoyed. So like <laughs> Top Gun was that right now, I think maybe. <laughs> I okay, mean, okay. I haven't seen it, so I don't know Listen, if it's actually a good movie. You guys probably are right, but because I'm the rube in this situation, I'm going to defend <laughs> myself and say that there was like, okay, so Tiger King, 
objectively fucking sucked. I'm sorry. It just did. There was nothing <laughs> interesting or good about it. That was just a ter- terrible show that I think people really were pretending to like. I think that Top Gun actually, you know, even if it is like, cause like what, well, the, nothing goes hand in hand with fascism more than nostalgia, right? Like nostalgia is like a prerequisite for fascism right. because you're mm-hmm. hearkening back to an old age. Fine. Uh, but at least there's like substance to this movie. Un- unlike Tiger King, which was just, <laughs> outrage and, 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 and noise and I don't know. People had to find something to enjoy at that point. Also, but I'm going to say I this. I'm the only one of us that has seen this, so by default, I'm <laughs> oh, fuck all you guys. I'll, I'll defer to I your opinion. That, I, think that, I think that the grasping at straws that was... Tiger King to the largest extent, like our, our love of Tiger King was a grasping at straws moment. To a lesser extent, it was Animal Crossing. To an even lesser sure. extent, it was the Last Dance Michael Jordan documentary. To an even lesser extent, it was the Beatles documentary. Yeah. And now, like we do have a we do have a cultural uh, uh, we have, do have a cultural smorgasbord the way we had before, where we can choose to partake. Now, a lot of people are still choosing not to leave their houses or whatever. I work at a nightclub and I uh, teach, so avoiding people is impossible for me. <laughs> right. So I'm not going to not go to the movies because, like, my kids think that the vaccine was made by Bill, Bill Gates to make them infertile. So I'm not going to like, oh, <laughs> protect myself any further. <laughs> no, d- to be clear, I I don't know anything about the new Top Gun movie. I'm sure it's a fine film. I'm not. I wasn't trying to rag on it. No, to be clear, <laughs> I'm sure it's fantastic. All right, so a bearable <laughs> weight of massive talent. And what happened in this film was, uh, where, where, what are we? Thirty-six minutes. Okay, so the uh, Nicholas Cage, John on his luck. He doesn't get a role he wants. He has an estranged relationship with his daughter. He gets drunk and ruins her birthday party. Then he gets Which a call. Which is hilarious, by the way. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a great scene. When yeah. Fantastic scene. He knows how to ham it up and, and act like ridiculous like that. And I will say kudos to the editor. Uh, they <laughs> cut away in the middle of the song that he's pretending he wrote for his daughter. Then yeah. you find out he actually did write the song and he just needed to be hammered enough to get the courage to sing it for her. Uh, kudos to the editor for cutting it off and then never playing the song. Um, unless yeah, they put it over the credits and I missed it. But I mean, really top notch shit right there. Um, yeah. <laughs> So then he takes a gig that he thought was beneath him, but now he's down on his luck and he decides to take it and he is going to meet Javi, who is a rich man in Mallorca, a island off the coast of uh, Spain in the Catalonia region. Um, They have a history of anarchism and uh, uh, Spanish separatism, which I think rips, uh, but we can't get into the politics (laughs) of Mallorca right now. Uh, so Javi uh, picks him up on the boat and right as he gets off the plane he runs into Tiffany Haddish who turns out to be a spy for the CIA along with Ike Barinholtz of Mad TV fame. Tiffany Haddish and Mike Ike Barinholtz are uh, working with the CIA in order to track Javi because Javi is an international criminal I believe of drugs but can't be certain. I want to say drops, but that's from the Batman. And I've been watching. The yeah. They say he's like an olive tycoon, but he's like the cartel yeah. guy, which I think, Oh fuck. I, yeah, I just remembered this. I didn't even write it down or anything. I think that's a reference to the Godfather. I think yeah, his uncle is hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. in, for those of you who have not seen the Godfather, um, 
uh, Don Corleone is a crime boss, but his front operation is olive oil. And I think the name is even similar to the olive oil company in Godfather, because Godfather is called Genco, G-E-N-C-O. Yeah. And I think the fact that his name is Javi, is, or, there was like some sort of reference to it. But yeah, um, so they are growing out. Um, and Nick a lot Cage of is, a lot of dude like a, a lot of dude rock. There's so a dudes, lot of dudes rock. So dudes rock extra hard in this film. And yeah. There is some rocky beginnings, but I don't even want to go through them because the dudes rock so hard in this movie. <laughs> once <laughs> yeah, once Nick Cage and Andrew Pascal come together, like it, it's that's what makes this movie is like and it's so on the nose because in the movie they talk about writing a movie that's like what they call it something just a character driven whatever it was. It's like basically like meta about this movie which is two dudes. They're just dudes rocking, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, uh, they get drunk in a hot tub. They watch, uh, Paddington two. They decide to be <laughs> gross. And, uh, then what I believe happen. is the next day they do acid and they have a, uh, harrowing experience that is entirely <laughs> a result of their own paranoia. <laughs> Probably the, the best sequence of the whole film. It really, just yeah, really whole, was. The, the acid, acid scene was my favorite for, <laughs> for sure. It goes on a lot longer than a than another movie would. And I and I think that's what the really because you mentioned that the, the scene where he's trying to pull him up from the wall is like lifted from um from Always Sunny, which is true, but it's also like it's just a trope. Uh, I mean, like, it's not really directly lifted from it's also that, that's just a it's a film. It's very, trope, I, sure. I don't know, man. It's it is very similar, but I think also yeah. the fact that it's like, it's not only the fake case scene, it's not only that they run into a circle and see those guys again, it's <laughs> not only that they have to drive to and from this like charming little Spanish town on acid, it's that like <laughs> the entire experience is like, it's got to be like 10 minutes of the movie. I mean, it's a significant amount of the run time. Yeah. They were definitely it's in, indulging themselves with that scene, and it works. It works well. so well. This is a it movie works so about really like, self indulgence for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even in the, in the name itself, I mean, yes. <laughs> very clear that's what's going on here, and I love it. I, I think, especially with that, that, that acid trip scene, that's when I was like, okay, this movie actually rocks. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in favor of this movie. <laughs> this, this rules. So, all the while, Cage is trying to actually uncover Javi for his many crimes, and he is like falling in, in guy love with Javi. So they're bros, but also he's still like being asked to do things for the CIA. There's this whole other thing where he gets drugged. This happens before that; it doesn't matter. So after they have the acid, he sees like this secret hideout where he thinks Javi is doing all of his uh, 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 secret dealings. He goes into this secret hideout, and Javi is like. You want to see what's really in here? I'm going to show you. And then he shows him, and it turns out Javi is like an insane Nicolas Cage fanboy. He's got the elegant configuration from The Rock. He's got the pillow with Nicolas Cage's face on it. He's got the chainsaw from Mandy. He's got all these different props from the movie. And one of the things is a life-size replica of Nick Cage from Face Off holding the gold-plated 1911 caliber pistols that are real working guns from the film Face Off. <laughs> Fuck yeah, by the way. That rock. <laughs> and that, was that, was, that was a bizarre scene for me. So, cause, uh, Just for context, I guess, uh, for everyone, is I, I, 
I've not seen a lot of Nicolas Cage movies. I've seen a few here and there, like obviously like National Treasure. And as we were watching this movie, I forget what it was called now. What was it? The the like it was like a wizard movie. What was that one called? Sorcerer. What was oh, Sorcerer's one? Apprentice. The Disney yeah, Sorcerer. yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I saw. So I am not like super familiar with um, Nicolas Cage movies, but that scene, seeing all these like different props, all these different Nicolas Cage props, was very very bizarre, very like surreal moment, especially just because this guy like idolizes Nicolas Cage in this movie. Like he's, he's like, as you said, like a massive fanboy. It's a very, very interesting scene. Yeah. Yes. Oh, for sure. And, and I like, think that like that scene specifically really like, I think that the, the LSD scene really makes the movie what it is. And I think that that scene really sells it as like, this had to be Nicolas Cage. Um, because I, I feel like if it was anybody else, to a certain extent, somebody say George Clooney could have really absorbed that in a certain way where like, even Nick Cage is almost like, why? <laughs> There's a certain yeah. caliber of actor who would have been like, okay, so you're like, yeah, a big fan. Has, this movie has to be about like a freak show actor, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and singularly Nick Cage. I think if we even talk about freak show actors and I think he's going to come up a lot because he's kind of a parallel to Nick Cage, but Tom Cruise, like half freak show, half meme. Yeah. Tom Cruise, maybe, but it really did kind of have to be Nick Cage. Yeah. I think if that scene had been with Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise could have played it off. Like if you watch any interview with Tom Cruise, he's a, he, he, he's a fucking machine. He's not a regular guy. So well, like the movie that they were like, like making fun of the, the Nick Cage that they were making fun of was actually just who Tom Cruise is. <laughs> right. That's, <laughs> you know, that's precisely it. Yes. Apt, aptly put. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I think that, um, I, I think that this, this movie strikes a really delicate balance between what it needs to be. And, and like, indulgence for for what you you would hope it could be um and i don't know i really like this movie a lot uh like i said in the record i was on hella edibles the first time i saw it we basically <laughs> talked over the whole thing this time so i have a lot of affection for this movie because i like you guys and i i like thc so yeah i also do that, yeah <laughs> so one common theme throughout the movie um was so the the Nicky Cage, the young Nicholas Cage. Oh, God, yeah, I didn't even, yeah, we haven't even gotten. Yes. To the young Cage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's like a, that's like a character that comes a few what like four or five different points in the movie is the young yeah. version of himself that's like more self destructive. I guess is that without that, that was going on. It's not even self destructive. It's like it's almost like our view of him. It's like who we think he is. It turns out he thinks that about himself. That's yeah, kind of I think that's like that. Nicky, the character, was supposed to kind of represent like. I guess how Nicholas Cage is portrayed in like memes and online and like how he's this kind of like caricature or something. And right. You know, and there's times where he's like embracing it when he makes out with himself hilariously or like <laughs> yes. where he's getting kind of bullied by him or whatever, you know, he's like a shadow that's kind of weighing over him a little bit, you know? Right. So he's almost like struggling with his public persona, which heavy as the head i think that all three of us on on twitter have had some issues with like what people think about us versus who we actually are no way dude. Oh, yeah. everyone likes me everyone thinks i'm nice and cool 
<laughs> Same. I'm not problematic at all. <laughs> so sorry, it's just me then. Just <laughs> yeah, it's defi- yeah, of the three of us, it's definitely you, Wack, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's just me. It's just me. My mistake, guys. But the uh, but I can speak from experience. Me and Nick Gage have the same problem. Uh, <laughs> common issue between me and him. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the, so... I felt like it was really obvious, but I, I think that some people might not realize that the Mickey Cage persona that is his mental image of himself is directly ripped off from a, an interview that became really famous. But uh, me being in my 30s, I, I, I realized that <laughs> me thinking it's really famous and I realized this became, this went viral 10 years ago. Um, there's an interview with Nick Cage on some sort of talk show where he's wearing that exact outfit. It was called Wogan. I don't know. This is before my time for sure. I was, I think it was even a daytime talk show, like the Sally, Jesse Raphael era of talk shows, um, which I used to love because my, my mom is also a teacher. And so I had daytimes in the summer to myself and I would just watch that and Jerry Springer and Unsolved Mysteries all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky Lake, that kind of shit. So anyway. I what uh, this I, was, yeah. Yeah, it was that vibe to it. So if you are in your 30s and a latchkey kid, you will recognize the vibe of this interview. But he is, he is way beyond the energy of even those old shows. Uh, even the clips that people pull of like sassy fat toddlers or whatever. I mean, like he ripped his shirt off and did a flip and was throwing money at the crowd. Like, yeah, he is, he is way, way, way up there. Uh, uh, to call him coked out, even if you've done cocaine, I don't think you've been this coked out before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not going to say that I've done cocaine in case my parents are listening to this for some reason. But what I'm saying is if I did cocaine, if I never would have done a flip <laughs> and thrown money at people. Yeah, so that is the that is the image of himself that he is portraying as like the one that lives in his own head. And... Uh, yeah um like the coolest thing you've ever done like it just sticks with you right hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like that i i would love to think of this the coolest thing he's done especially having seen other videos of okay like, maybe it's like the first cool thing he's ever done <laughs> right? yes I'll, I'll take that i i think that uh it, it's it's hard to contend especially with the upcoming projects he has like <laughs> renfield where he's gonna play dracula uh which oh I, man uh, absolutely can Nick Cage is back, dude. This is per like I said, perfect time for us to start the Nick Cage uh, podcast because we are, we are on the precipice of the Nick Cage resurgence, and I'm excited to be in the vanguard of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the movie, uh, yada yada yada, his ex wife and his daughter come to Mallorca because they think that something's wrong. Turns out Javi's invited them to help with like a family therapy session, but his daughter gets kidnapped. And then we find out that Javi is not a drug kingpin. Javi is the lovable goof that we've known him the whole time. His bleach blonde cousin yeah. is actually He's the Uncle kidnapped. June of of the, the Spanish yes. cartel. So we find out that, that Javi is the Uncle Jude and Tony Soprano is a handsome bleach blonde. <laughs> Psycho, (laughs) who uh, kidnapped um, Nick Cage's daughter, and then Nick Cage, his hot Irish uh, middle-aged wife, 
and um, the rest of the crew have to like rescue his daughter. So now we had the oh, the plot of the movie is actually that <laughs> the plot of the movie is that a guy is running for the election for Spain, and they kidnap his daughter. And that's why the CIA is even there in the first place. So like, I hope you watched this movie beforehand, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping that if you're listening to this, you did watch the movie. So you're not learning this information now. <laughs> um, but uh, whack, what you were saying earlier about how like the uh, separatist politics and anarchism and all that stuff. That's why I think the CIA ostensibly, I think why the CIA was involved in this was to like quell that. Just yeah, so the, so yeah, the hint is that the CIA is putting down a leftist anarchist. Yes. So <laughs> like Nick Cage essentially it. is like doing uh, Gladio. I don't know. <laughs> you know right. Like, pretty gnarly. It's, it's, you know, it's a gray area. It's good that they don't really get into the, uh, the politics. <laughs> Listen, the you don't have to think about that. We've thought about that for you. Don't. Just enjoy the <laughs> Yeah, so the, the important thing is that now the stakes are heightened. Nick Cage's ex-wife is a makeup artist who used to work on his film, so she helps him yeah. get his makeup done. And so the stage is set. Oh, there's a, this whole thing where Javi's cousin threatens him to take out Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage's CIA handlers threaten him to take out Javi. They end up not taking each other out. They switch shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Which was my favorite scene. The switching of shoes was, that was, was it's a very powerful. beautiful moment. It's a it's a powerful moment in, in dudes rocking. <laughs> dudes can't rock without that scene existing. I it, mean, was, it, was, just... <laughs> it was an acknowledgement of how, how the relationship has flourished, I believe. And it's it's so great because it's not even mentioned that Nick Cage's shoes cost fifty dollars. And uh, Javi's shoes cost about fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> They're just switching <laughs> shoes because they they have love for each other. And, and it's really just a big dumb goof that loves Nicolas Cage, just like everybody viewing the movie. That's why you yeah. love him so much. I think it's interesting though that that like really heartfelt, I guess, like dudes rock moment. It, it like immediately switches into like an action movie, like. It wasn't yes. really like an action movie at all up until that point. It was more of like I, I was uh, the rest of, of it like is just car chases and shooting and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, or that it was like a drama or like a comedy. It was like a a buddy comedy sort of. Yeah. At least yes. how I would describe it. Was it was the whole time. I mean, it really yeah. is. I mean, it's like, but then, then it becomes a lethal weapon. You know, <laughs> the buddy, real buddy shit type happens. And yeah, uh, yeah so he. Um, he, he, they get it. They, they shoot at, he, at the bad guys. Uh, other things happen. He puts on a disguise. That's that's <laughs> his his ex wife does the makeup for him and makes him look like some type of Italian party businessman. <laughs> uh, Definitely very problematic. <laughs> it was it was fairly racist. Like the really? cast of The Sopranos, if they saw that, they would have shown up at the theater oh! premiere. Oh. <laughs> definitely don't show this to italians that you might know this movie uh, was not made for italians if you're listening no. and you're italian sorry you gotta sit this one out i'm sorry yeah. it's not fair but someday we'll live in a world where we <laughs> watch movies without these despicable caricatures of italians yeah. no i actually i'm actually gonna have to differ with you there i think that the Italians have had it too good for too long. <laughs> <laughs> Italians deserve less. Okay. 
whatever whatever the Roe v. Wade equivalent of Italian rights is, I think we need to examine it. <laughs> we have to re- 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 get in front of this court. The Roberts Court has decided that Italians are no longer white. They're back to being the same as, as Croats and Turks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're on the same level as the Slavs now. Oh, God. And like uh, government mandated dominoes in every Italian neighborhood. <laughs> we will erase this culture. Uh, so much like we're going to do with the Supreme, with the help of the Supreme Court, they take off his disguise and erase his Italian look and uh, make it, <laughs> Jesus. they find out it's him. There's like, there's, there's shots fired. The girls get freed. Then they almost get captured again. Then they all get to the car. There's a car chase scene. There's a knife that's already been introduced. That's going to be important coming up. Um, if you zooming in on a knife didn't clue you into its importance, um, <laughs> They zoom in on it a second time, uh, and the uh, so everybody's in the car together. Pedro Pascal offers to martyr himself, but instead just be it, it chooses to be a uh, a real badass. He takes out all the cars. He gets picked up again. They're all like fine. Uh, it's a real he, epic moment. Pretty pretty he, good. Yeah. He rescues his wife and daughter. His daughter throws him the knife. He stabs the real drug kingpin in the heart, and it's a match cut scene. Turns into a different guy a different wife and daughter, and we find out that the script that Javi and Nick have been writing together has become a real movie, and this is that movie. So okay. now we are watching the movie within the movie that becomes <laughs> I gotta the movie say, about his life. The first time I watched this, <laughs> I was okay. so fucking high when I watched it <laughs> that when the actors switched, I was like, this movie fucking sucks. That's not even the same people. Like <laughs> it took me like 20 minutes to catch up. I was like, what? I watched it. I fucking rewound it and everything. That's hilarious. I, I was considering uh, like having something to drink with this while we were watching. I mean, we were talking throughout a lot of it. Sure. So I, but I would have absolutely, I, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't because I probably wouldn't have caught that either. And I would have been, really confused. Yeah. <laughs> who are these people? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, the movie's a success, him and Javi are best friends. He has mended fences with his ex-wife. They aren't back together, which I think is a strong move. I don't think we need the estranged husbands and wives to remarry. It's just, they need to like get along. No, I mean, all that you needed, all that you needed, you got from the fact that he was like, Nick could have gone to the party with Javi and instead he went home with his family. Like that, that's enough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so he goes there, he hangs out with his family. Um, his daughter asks to watch Paddington two. It's already been established as a well-loved movie by all the characters in the film. One of Nick Cage's favorites. They all want, and I believe it is one of his favorites in real life. I don't know if you can <laughs> confirm that uh, bird respecter, but that, I, uh, I had not heard that, but it could be true. Film. I think he does love that film. A movie that none of us have seen, correct? None of us have seen this movie? Yeah, I have not seen it. I oh, have, I've uh, seen it. Sadly. You have. Oh, you have. Okay. Oh, yeah. Great. It's, it's great for the record. Uh, that's what made me love it because it is. It's. Uh, I thought that it was going to be stupid and I, was, I didn't understand the Paddington phenomenon. And then I watched it. I was like, okay, yep, get it. <laughs> I awesome. have to go back and rewatch it or not rewatch it. 
watch the first two. And yes, uh, the third one's coming out soon. It is, it is one of his favorite movies. I just Googled it. <laughs> oh, I think actually, weirdly, I think that Paddington has some leftist politics, yeah. which because it's like an immigration story and Paddington, I think in the first one, he almost gets deported and stuff. He does. Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So the, 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 I mean, it's the really definitely a lens through which you could view it. I don't think it's like necessarily like intentional, but yeah. Yeah, but if you look at like the politics of unbearable weight with like the leftist politician being taken down by the CIA or whatever. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty pretty accurate to real life. And uh, well, at least that, from what we believe. Three hour video independence of Nick Cage. If you Google Nicolas Cage is the first thing that comes up, which is yeah. in praise of Shadows video that 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 uh, Bird and I have both watched. Um, We're going to link it in the description. I think, I think if you're going to listen to this podcast and you, if you, if you're going to engage with any of this, even remotely seriously, you should probably watch. Do that. any of y'all, do any of y'all fuck with content? Because if you do, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go out after this. If you guys want to send it to me. In defense of Nick, Nicholas Cage. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Uh, Jennifer, I'll throw it in the group chat when we're done here. Cause Perfect, it, yeah. you know, even if you're just, genuinely curious about it it is it, i think it is pretty remarkable and the fact that this guy just did that like that's fucking cr- three hours like you know how long he must have spent doing that that's another rock moment frankly yeah <laughs> he's a he's a warrior he's he's a true nouveau shamanic warrior that guy uh <laughs> which is an idea of, of acting that nick cage has that he mentions throughout yes uh, but the 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 what he says in the video is that um that, that Nick Cage's politics are probably actually not stellar in real life. Uh, that he might be a bit of a uh, might be a bit of a like uh, a libertarian. Like a uh, he was a big supporter of uh, Andrew Yang. <laughs> Great. Yeah, he, so Nick Cage definitely strikes me as like guy who's just interested in new ideas. Guy, you know, we yeah. all know the type. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's it, everyone knows one guy like that. That's yeah. just so like a type I, of guy, like the imbecile of a heart of gold. I am very closely <laughs> related to a guy like that, and yeah. I feel like as long as I podcast, this guy's going to come up a couple times. And I tweeted <laughs> a, about him as well, but I have an uncle. Uh, <laughs> I have an uncle who's kind of like Javi. Uh, <laughs> that would be a great sequel to this, where they both just like uh, canvas for Andrew Yang together. Just two, <laughs> two imbeciles. That would be a great sequel, and Andrew Yang could be in the film because he won't have anything better to do. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> but yeah, I have a who's a bit like Javi. He is not a fan of Nicolas Cage. He is a fan of a film. Uh, fuck, what year did it come out? It is a comic book film from the nineties. 1995. The 1995 film Tank Girl. Now, if you have not seen Tank Girl, I have somebody who is in my life, and I've tweeted about this beforehand. I don't want to, (laughs) like... The details I'm going to give you, you will realize it could literally only be one guy. He's kind of... (laughs) He's not active on Twitter, but he was active online. Um, Mm. So this guy, who I am very closely in relation to... uh, owns everything from the 1995 film Tank Girl. Uh, Tank Girl's like this weird cult classic sort of comedy, post-apocalyptic comedy. Kind of in the vein of 
Mad Max, but funnier. The 80s Mad Max. with um, Like, the, the only way I can describe Tank Girl is, like, it was a movie that, like, when I was in high school, people talked about um, as, like, this, like, throwback retro film. But the people that were into it were, like, the nerds, but the nerds who still had sex. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, yeah. <laughs> like a, not, this is a sexually active the, nerd film. It's not the band kids, it's the drumline kids. Which is okay. <laughs> yeah, no, so, as, as someone that was in the drumline in high school, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah same, so, by the way. Yeah. Oh, I played percussion in band, too. Actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was a percussionist. Okay, yeah. so we're all on the same page here. We're, we're all percussionists. Percussion. That's pretty cool. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah so, so this person who's in relation to me, uh, he, he owns everything from Tank Girl. He owns every outfit. Every prop, every costume, the kangaroo alligators from the film, he owns all of the kangaroo alligators costumes, including the one that Ice-T wore. He, uh, oh, fuck, Naomi Watts is in this movie. <laughs> yeah, in Tank Girl, absolutely Naomi Watts is. <laughs> We've been talking about her. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've, I've Naomi exactly Watts and Ice-T, I can't remember who, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, so my my, my, my relation person uh, was in close contact with Lori Petty. He owns, like, the pairs of underwear he wore in that, she wore in that film. He owns, like, all the jackets, he owns everything there's a sheds full of props from the movie tank girl that's fucking crazy dude (laughs) it's crazy and he is in his 60s now um he's family (laughs) and he uh yeah he still owns all this shit and it's fucking crazy and and i tweeted about this and people were like oh shit like and they added lori petty and i was like don't please Please don't do that. She definitely knows who this person is. <laughs> There's no two ways around it. He was like, this is the 90s. There was no internet. He was like, I mean, he got online to be in contact with her and was like sending her like letters asking for stuff. And like, he has everything. Fucking Christ. But I mean, he also has like, he has like an actual deck chair from the Titanic movie. He has an actual blaster from the original Star Wars movie. Oh my god! Uh, he has all these crazy collectible, like Sailor Moon figures from like the like late or early nineties, like right when the show started. He has like all this really crazy shit. I don't know what's gonna happen when he dies, but <laughs> he has like really wild shit. So yes, um, I, I, I have seen a shrine similar to the one the, in the game. In this, that's so funny. To the film Tank Girl, <laughs> and if you if the way that's I would so much Tank more Girl, perverted, dude. It is. Uh, <laughs> the movie isn't pervy. It's not like overly sexualized. Not. A, I would not describe the movie as being like The Fifth Element, but weirder. Or like Mad Max, but funnier. It's kind of like that. <laughs> it's like the mom from Free Willy was in Mad Max. I have not seen that in a long time. I don't remember what the mom and Free Willy's whole deal was. Well, she was Lori Petty. Oh, was she? Yeah. My mistake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he saves the day. They're bros. They watch Paddington. Um, and it turns out the movie he made was The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. So you have been watching the movie about the movie that he was making that he wrote in order to make this movie. So when did it like switch? Like w- when did it become the movie? The knife that- scene. So remember how they kept like kind of showing you the knife? and the Yeah, knife yeah. the very last like three yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it wasn't even that long. Uh, no. I, I wasn't aware of that. Okay, so I, I thought it was like before. So it was like mid-action. So like the action sequence 
was actually happening, but then it became the movie like midway through. That's what I took from it was like when they're throwing the knife is when it changed over, I think is what I took from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, like right at that moment. Those last few minutes. What you are suggesting would be much fucking cooler. Like (laughs) an hour 10 into the movie, they switched actors and nobody acknowledged it until they pull out from the screen. Yeah, that, yeah, that uh, that's why I wasn't too sure. That would sure. Be funny. Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing while we were watching it um, that you brought up was his drinking problem, too. Where um, I wasn't sure if you were going to touch on that at all. Just uh, so I don't know if you want to cut that. Like, cause I was just curious if yeah, uh, so, it had to do any relation with Nick this movie. Nick Cage almost always plays not almost always very, very often plays uh, some sort of character with alcohol or substance dependency. Um, mm. And I think that uh, if you read about the scene where he ruins his daughter's birthday party, if you read about what the original scene was supposed to look like, it was supposed to be much longer. He was supposed to be shit faced. It was supposed to be um, uncomfortable. And um, it was, I think that was kind of just like playing into some of the other, you know, cause again, like all of this is just, kind of like a love letter to some of the roles he's played, you know, whether it's leaving Las Vegas or whatever else he's like very consistently plays somebody who struggles with addiction. So that's all I was getting at. Okay. Got it. Uh, yeah. He struggle. I mean, I know that you were talking about, he's uh, like did Coke or whatever. Uh, oh, did he, you can, he struggle with that in like real life too? Like some, you, like can, some you can Google it. It was probably like, <laughs> it was during the pandemic. It was probably like a year ago. He was in a um, like either the restaurant or the bar. It was like yeah, a fancy looking drunkenly place. yelling at paparazzi and stuff. Like he he yeah he like has could barely that. stand up. The amazing thing about that video, sorry to spoil it, but the amazing thing about that video <laughs> is he is like clearly blackout drunk. He can't even put flip flops on. He is like struggling to even stand. And then he gets outside, and it is like one o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> <laughs> dudes rock it is day fucking light outside and I mean, it's one o'clock for us mere mortals but he'd been up three days to be fair <laughs> uh yeah so so i think i mean i think it's it's probably something he has a uh, i would say probably something he has a relationship with more than i would say he yeah. considers it a problem. And I, think I don't know that he actually. really does. So that's the thing. I wanted to be kind of a little more concise with my language there. I don't know that he does like personally struggle with like alcoholism or anything like that, but it's definitely like a, a prominent thing in his, in his movies. And also, you know, there's been, that's not the only video like that. <laughs> so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> interesting. I, I haven't seen any, any of those before. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I think it's actually, I think it's honestly a family thing. I think that the Coppolas have a very, like, sort of, uh, I think they have an ad- attitude around substance that a lot of uh, sure. mere mortals do not. I think that, <laughs> so Francis Ford Coppola owns a winery. Sophia Coppola, like, all of her movies have people who get fucking crazy drunk in the <laughs> Like Marie Antoinette has like this crazy party. It's like every movie she makes, um, uh, 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 Lost in Translation, the guy gets like super drunk and does karaoke. It's like every movie she makes, people get super drunk and it's like always a thing. Jason Schwartzman, I remember when he was on Mark Maron's podcast and was like, I love to get drunk. I drink tequila and ice and I'll have like half a bottle of tequila and that's like a good weeknight for me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, dude. Well, wow. 
So like, yeah, and that was like Mark me. Mar- that was me when I was like pandemic drinking. You know what I mean? Like, Mark Mar- actually <laughs> fucking like struggling for something to come up with, and he's like, "What do you like doing?" And he's like, "I love to drink." I like that's his hobby. I like drinking. I've been really into tequila. I used to be really into. I, I think he said something like, I used to be into gin, but I drank too much of it or something like half a bottle of tequila, not too much. Whatever if, yeah, if you drink half gin, a bottle a night, crazy. what's too much to like get you to strike? <laughs> Even at my worst, I never did that much. Like that's <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> and I've done a lot in the past. Oh I've, sure. I've had some nights. I've had some nights. For sure. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not going to front like (laughs) early pandemic. I was hitting it really hard because I think a lot of us, I think we thought that shit was starting to come undone at the seams. And Oh, absolutely. And I think also, I think also part of that was like, well, this will end and I'll have to get my shit together. And so, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Either either shit together or I die in either way, it can't really be my problem. It was kind of, I feel like, I mean, a lot of us, me included, use that as an excuse to just kind of let loose in a lot of ways, like with, like, I don't know, alcohol or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> At least I did for like the first couple of months. Man, like, I was like, oh, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> honestly, thank God for that, because however many followers each of us had before the pandemic started, the, oh toxically, the toxically online psychos that love and know us. Uh, really oh my god no <laughs> yeah no at the time when i was I, I was posting through some of it at the time i had like right. less than two thousand followers i'm very glad i didn't have eighty thousand followers at that time <laughs> oh <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty bad i definitely went back and deleted some of that <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna incriminate myself any further let's let's, let's move forward yeah. <laughs> yeah let's get out of this well, that's, the, that's the end of the movie and we're we're past an hour so i mean uh, do we have any closing thoughts i i feel like we covered everything we tried to like touch on um yeah i would say there. um you know if you're again if you're if you're intentionally engaging with this like uh seriously and you think that we missed something, I guarantee you it, we talked about it in the um, live reaction episode. Yeah. Companion and, episode for this. And, so, you know, this is a, this is a, this is an attempt for me and bird to really get into like what, uh, what Nick cage is all about. What's his deal? What's, what's, what's up with this guy? Um, yeah. Who is he as a man? And uh, in our very final episode, where we talk about the Uwe Boll film, uh, Season of the Witch, he, he will be again. Uh, Nick Cage is going to talk to us for three hours about. We are going to get Nick, Nicholas Cage as our final guest for this season. I, I hope you do. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh, we're going to we're going to meme our way into it. Um, we just got to do it before Dracula hits because <laughs> he's, he's he's in blockbusters again. So we have to act fast. Yeah. If you support Whack, if you support Juniper, if you support me, Bird, uh, what you need to do is harass Nick Cage's public. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Doing that sort of stuff works. You, you, you <laughs> works. Stuff. Whoever the cages publicist is is about to get a lot of weird DMs on Twitter. <laughs> you can I, you can post things into reality. I've I've realized yeah. you really can. Well, I Nick, think it's going to happen. Nick Cage so. is going to be on this podcast. Uh, that's my goal. <laughs> and and honestly, honestly, maybe I feel like it's as good to get Kal-El Cage Coppola. I would love to speak to him. <laughs> how, how old is Kal-El? I know his other son is an adult. He's is older. He's, is he? 
I I don't want to guess just by looking at him. That seems rude. But he is over the age of 18, certainly. I think, yeah, I just Googled it. It's 16, brother. Really? Yeah. It's Weston Coplicades that is 31. Oh, Kal-El's the the little kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Weston's the one that's Kal-El, don't listen. You're not allowed. You have to wait a few years. (laughs) Weston Coplicades DMs open. Hello. He's hot. He looks like dad. Yeah, but also like Jason Momoa. <laughs> yes, he does. Oh my god, he is hot. Yeah, you were kidding, man. Yeah, what he looks good as hell. I didn't realize Bella was a little kid. I apologize for everything I said. I am <laughs> gonna find Weston on Twitter and be like, "Hey." Um, also, I am on, I'm on East Coast time. Neither of you are on East Coast time, but yeah, uh, yeah, Pride is officially Pride is officially over over here. So, oh damn, time we're gonna, uh, all everyone's gonna be straight uh, straight again. Everyone's going to turn back to straight. No more gay. <laughs> yeah, I have a few All hours right. left. I'll, I'll I'll send him a weird DM before midnight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Juniper, what do you uh, what do you got to plug? What do you want to talk? About? Uh, as of right now, only just my Twitter, which is at Juniper. Um, the I in Juniper is an L. Um, I'm trying to set up my own podcast. I, I haven't really gotten anything super together yet, so I can't really plug that because yeah. I don't have anything yet. But well, something will be coming at some point. That's if for you sure. get an idea before we post this, just send it, and I'll like insert it here and be. Like, <laughs> also, Universe podcast is called this, and it's it's going to be up then. Yeah, we'll, for sure. I'll let you guys know. We'll overdub, but also uh, if that doesn't happen, and when you're getting ready to launch it, and you want to come back on or vice versa, please, we'd love to have you back. Uh, Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, and I, I'm assuming. If, what I'm kind of planning, there would be guests soon. I would love to have you guys on. You guys rock. Yeah, cool. it'd be fun. We'll do you, it. You guys, you guys embody the dude's rock mindset, I think. Oh, yeah. So, which, yeah. which this movie. When uh, really, Mac and really I finally was. meet in person, we're going to trade shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have to like film that sequence. Just re- oh, yeah. redo that whole shot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, Bird, you want to you wanna plug your stuff? Um, well, uh, just at Bird Respector. Don't really have much else to say. Um, nothing besides this podcast this is like my project now stick stick around i might have some other stuff going on um i have like a trail of dead bodies in terms of like film podcasts that i've tried to start this is the first one that i've been on so i've been podcasting since like 2011 which is very embarrassing um and then like in 2018 my last podcast stopped and this has been like the longest i've gone without like talking so here we go Stick around. I might have some other stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how this goes. I'm, I'm definitely going to listen to uh, pretty much every episode, I think, especially with some of the guests that you were telling me about. I think that'll be really fun. <laughs> Don't want to name drop yet, but yeah, we've got you some. It. You heard it here, motherfuckers. Juniper and all 84,000. Was presumably 100k by the time we uh, post this. Oh yeah! Uh, oh yeah! All, all you got to do is some more terrorism, and you'll have 100,000 any minute. <laughs> I, I hope I can do some more terrorism. All of you need to uh, uh, get on the train. We're 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 taking this bitch out of the station. We're talking about uh, Nick Cage movies, but we're also like airing some Twitter dirty laundry slightly, maybe. Uh, so if you have a parasocial relationship with some big Twitter followers. You might enjoy this podcast. Just saying. <laughs> and, and, and truly, 
that would be a good thing to turn this podcast into because it's impossible to burn bridges on Twitter. Nobody takes it seriously. <laughs> I have a, We're definitely burned, not going to get yelled at. I burned oh, the God. head of a bridge with a specific poster. And I'm yeah. kind of like, yeah, I'll talk to him again. It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I was, it's, so it's, I, was, I was it's, really out of pocket. I'm, and you know what? If you know what I'm talking about, I deeply apologize. I really shouldn't have said the things I said. But on the other hand, <laughs> It doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference. So I am Wack with a silent H uh, on Twitter, W-H-A-C-K Nicholson. Uh, and we are Western Kabuki, and I hope you all have a, a pleasant evening. <laughs>